I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. And Sue Smith. And we love scams. Welcome to Scam Wow Podcast. Welcome to Scam Wow. We are big fans of scams. We don't really know what we're talking about. We're not like journalists. We're funny girls. We're just comedians. So like don't, I mean, if you're... Take with a grain of salt, folks. Maybe do a light Google afterwards to make sure <laughs> everything we say is true because it might not be. Like, that's the thing. This is, yeah, this is just for fun. We love scams and uh, don't hold us accountable for anything no, in our lives. No, please, no. You don't I'm know not what an you're um, <laughs> So this is our Valentine's Day episode. It's exciting. Happy Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Happy Galentine's Day. Oh, Galentine's Day. <laughs> I... Used to be so. I hated Valentine's Day my whole life. This is the cheesiest mm-hmm. story. And then Tell it. when I first started dating my husband, he bought me a huge, giant teddy bear, which I have. And I yes moved to LA. I transported it to LA, and we went to a Broadway show, and it was the best Valentine's Day I've ever had. It was really nice. Oh, yeah. What's the best I, you've had? Well. I've had I had a lot as a kid because my mom was really adorable and she would give us like treats and valentines and give us like a little basket full of goodies. Like my mom was so sweet and used it as like a day to just be loving no matter what. And I just loved that. I've always loved Valentine's Day, but I was always pining. Yeah, my first Valentine's Day was with 
my now husband and he didn't do anything. And I just cried and cried and cried. <laughs> Nothing. And I was like, look, I'm yeah. He was like, it's a, I thought like we didn't really care. And I was like, no, I kept saying like, yeah, but I really like it. It's important to me. Like I, it would be fun. Or I would, cause I was trying to downplay it and not be too uncool. But then I burst into tears, which was very uncool. Um, but he, obviously it's incredibly commercial and he just thought it was sort of like a waste, but I had never had anybody to ever give me anything. And I'd been like watching all these other girls at school. They did like, um, what not carnations, carnations. Yeah. My school too. And you would pay money and then they would hand it out. And I never got a single fucking carnation. Me neither. I I never got asked to prom. I'm nothing. Yeah. Me neither. And like, I love like Valentine's Day. My favorite, I think my favorite color is like iridescent red, like a big red balloon or like (laughs) those plastic hearts that are red or those plastic, like those plastic tasting lollipops that are red that are hearts. I think that's my favorite color. (laughs) It's just so pretty and shiny and like lovey. And I was so mad. And then he felt so guilty and also bought me a huge teddy bear like the next day, bought me all of the hell the Halloween, all of the Valentine's Day stuff that was on sale. Uh, and now from now on, he knows it's like a big deal. <laughs> I can I can see him be like, this is a corporate, oh, hol- this is a corporate oh, scam. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, this is a scam. It's like, we should love each other every day. I'm like, yes, but today is the day I want you to prove it in like a really stupid romantic man way. Yeah. I need it. Today, like you need to display it and show me and really prove your worth and your love that yes. you're worthwhile of being in my life. <laughs> Gonna need that. Yes. And yeah. I need it. I'm gonna need it. Gonna need it. Yeah. Look, I'm an independent woman, but I need those candies. I need validation. <laughs> Constantly. I, I need my chocolate. Yeah. He's like, I need to validate you all day long. Why on this day as well? I'm like, well, because it's uh, one of those holidays. So extra. Screw you. <laughs> yeah. It sucks for you. Yeah. Today is extra validation. Also, guys, for this episode, we have two guests in the studio. We have our amazing producer, Caitlin, who's here, who yes. we're obviously obsessed with. And then we have a fabulous guest, Gigi Lee, who's going to share um, and listen to us talk all about our Valentine's Day. And then on, we saved her recording for a full episode because you will love it. She does an amazing, basically a book report <laughs> on this insane scam artist and murderer. So stay tuned for her episode, which is coming up next yeah um, but a Gigi just popped enjoy. in to be our like lovely scam respondent and we just let them like you know we value you know. their opinions and their the more input. the merrier get yeah. in here girls yes so we hope you enjoy the episode bye enjoy. okay guys this is a scam so i was going to come in with a different scam today and then I got so excited because I started reading this scam and I just couldn't I couldn't put it down. Now, Sir Isaac Newton, who we all know from like his laws of physics and science and he created basically modern calculus and he learned about figured out how prisms and light works and were like created a telescope but I'm sure there's somebody listening who's like he did something else but this is all I could gather but he's basically like a brilliant brilliant scientist you guys get the idea he's new you guys get the idea he's smart smarter than me (laughs) um so also though I didn't know this he solved a case of one of the top con artists of counterfeiters of the time. So after he finished his life's work explaining and defining gravity, forces of nature, teaching at colleges, being like yes. so brilliant. Also, if you Wikipedia him, he is hot. So Isaac Newton what? is I'm gonna do that fucking right hot. Okay. Yes, Newton. Get so it. So hot. At 54 years old was when he became the head of the 
um, National Mint and in charge to look over the money and everything happening in England. And that's when he solved a case. <laughs> oh, we're looking at Sir Isaac Newton right now. Oh, he is yes. gorgeous. I would be like, yes, Isaac me all over. Um, me look it up. Yes, yeah. Isaac all over me. Yes. he. Um, so at 54 years old, he also solved this incredible counterfeiting case. And I like couldn't get over it. At first, I was just excited about the, how to counterfeit because I liked reading about it. But then I was like, Isaac Newton is blowing me away. Okay. So his name is William Chandelier. C-H-A-L-O-N-E-R. Chandelier. Whatever. William. Um, (laughs) He grew up in like a really, really poor area. And his first job was working at for to create nails, like working with um, what is that? The ha- hammering guys, uh, nailsmith, woodsmith, uh, what's it called? Guys, wood blacksmiths, yeah, yeah, <laughs> woodsmith, yeah. You get it. He learned that. <laughs> you get it. So he apprenticed with a nail maker, but he came from a really poor town in England that was famous for counterfeiting coins. So immediately he just got like right into that business. And so coins at this time could be counterfeit very easily. So there was like multiple ways you do it. They are at the time they were silver and gold coins and they were circles and they were sort of hammered out. And you could take the edges, like kind of clip the edges off by shaving them down or shaking them literally in a bag and getting the dust that comes off of the very soft metals. And also you add that, they were saying they add that to, they add another substance to it to then make a coin that appears a full size, but it doesn't actually have as much silver in it. So it's not as much value. Mm -hmm. So it was very easy to do. Um, And he immediately learned how to do that. And he, there were a couple things he did when he was younger. He like hawked watches. Apparently he sold dildos and. Yes. <laughs> he had dildos? Yes. yes. Apparently he sold dildos. Yes. Renaissance dildos. Yes. Really? He like was living his best life. Um, what do you think he, they were made out of though? Well, they, I saw some picture on Wikipedia. It just showed a glass dildo. And I was like, I don't think it was a glass. It was probably some wooden glass. I would dildo. say wood. Yeah, for sure. I'd because so they had better. like wooden teeth. So he was like, he did like a bunch of things, just really unsavory from the get go, because, you know, why not? Um, he got married, had several children, and then immediately left. <laughs> like all mm-hmm. these great contracts. Men are <laughs> great. Like kids. Yeah. So the other thing, too, is, well, so he started working with, like, a counterfeiter gang, and all these guys started working with these coins. And the other thing that was interesting is if you boiled down or melted down the materials, they cost more money. Um, Silver and gold were higher in Paris and Amsterdam. So they also had, like, a very long line where they would then, like, trade it off to other countries and get more money for it. So they knew exactly what they were doing. And he started with this guy, Patrick coffee he taught him how to do it and his wife patrick coffee's wife would then be the one that after they made the coins would then it distribute them and it was like they distributed everything it was it was pretty fascinating so he got a ton of people together and he has this like team of men and through this counterfeiting he could buy a huge home he eventually bought a house farther out away from england like on the outskirts of england they said it was almost yeah away from london so that he could use more machines when it started to get more sophisticated to be loud so he could make his counterfeiting in peace oh. because of yeah because eventually because of counterfeiting they added like ridges to the edges of coins oh. and they but then they still figured out how to like basically stamp them and they would create molds from use current coins and still be able to do that another thing with counterfeiting is they would drill holes into the coins and take that 
take the metal from that and then fill the holes back up with a letter, lesser substance. Oh. Um, at one point, they also would like cut them in half and then fill the inside. And cl- I mean, it was like such detailed work that I'm like, you are a craftsman, sir. True artist. A true That's artist. Amazing. Um, amazing. And also for a while, it, it's in, sometimes it wasn't even illegal at first. Like this was sort of all happening and. And they would sort of, it, he started with pennies, it said, and it was sort of like flooding the markets where people were using it. People were using this counterfeiting. Eventually, he moved to paper and he got, um, like, he was counterfeit, doing paper counterfeit, and it was this special marble paper. And he had somebody that shipped him that exact paper and he made it out of his factory. I mean, this guy did this for so many years. Also, he kept getting thrown in and out of jail. <laughs> so he'd get thrown into jail and then come right back out. But there, nobody could really prove anything. Mm-hmm. But throughout this whole time, Sir Isaac Newton is creating a case. Like, this is insane. Isaac Newton gave us gravity. and <laughs> He did give us this, gravity. A, a hot, hot gravity man. And now yeah. he's, like, putting all of this together. So what is crazy. So one of the things that is what most con artists do is that he would say that he would create these problems and these, um, it would be like robbery or it'd be forgery. And then he would go to the police and be like, guys, I just discovered it. So he would create the, um, what is it? The, the bad thing. (laughs) It's called like the, the illegal, the illegal yeah. scam, and then he would go to the authorities and say he discovered it. Uh. Yes. So what is really crazy is that he had multiple people, Aubrey Price and his friend Newgate and the Coffees. These were all good friends of his, and then he turned almost all of them in, and they all got hanged. Yeah, they all got hanged or killed or executed. And I think the only people... What a fucking snitch. I know. So Um, rude. So, but the coffees were the only people that helped Newton. Newton fielded eight witnesses um, that spanned Chandler's career. So the coffees actually were the only ones who then were the people that had worked with him that like put him, said that he had done something wrong. Mm. Um, But it was... It was insane. I mean, he did he he was responsible for so many deaths. Now, if you wanna, there's BBC Radio did a couple um, some a, a radio drama on it. Um, it's just so interesting. And then, um, yeah, also uh, Carolyn Murphy, who is one of the counterfeiters that was a part of that, also was the first woman to be executed by burning. <laughs> so they oh, were really anti counterfeiters. No, <laughs> no, this was. 1789, so after he died, but I think she was like part of that ring. Well, so I guess it was really bad to counterfeit. Burning is such a bad death. Like, it's so Ugh. mean. That's just cruel. Yeah, yeah, slow and painful. Yeah. So, yeah, besides all that. But so he did um, he did French money. He did banknotes, lottery tickets. He would forge lottery tickets. Um and just this guy, like, similarly, he just, like, could not stop. Can I tell you that, so the, this idea of, like, let me just make my own money and then I'll be rich is, reminds me so much of cryptocurrency and, like, yeah. Bitcoin and shit. It's like, yeah, I'm going to make my own money. I'm going to sell it to people and then I'm going to be rich. It's, like, so old, like, ingrained in American culture. It's I hilarious. Know. I know. Okay, so he was making a hundred dollar pound or hundred pound banknotes in his own house, but it did not become a felony to counterfeit until 1697. 
So he was doing all this. He was counterfeiting in 1694. So he had a couple years. It wasn't even a felony. So also Isaac Newton had evidence on him for forever. But it, you, I don't. I think he like got thrown into jail for similar things, like sort of some petty things or doing something dishonest. But he really didn't get into trouble till later. Dang. But can you imagine? I mean, that's the thing. The thing with those these currencies is that then you have like a thin coin that's worth nothing. But then like some woman at the bakery has it, and then she's using. It. I mean, it's money's in your heart. You know, money's, money's there if you believe in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So in 1699, after it had become definitely illegal, um, Sir Isaac Newton was devoted to a complete investigation. That would be watertight, it says. I know. It's oh, my like, God. He needs his own like crime show. I know. Yes. I'm like, I would have never thought like he is a superhero. If you explain gravity to the world <laughs> He also talked about how planets existed. I mean, he was so insanely smart. Taught college. They said he was also born a preemie. Oh, <laughs> I was like, a preemie? I oh my God. He's Even more endearing. I know. I just love Sir Isaac Newton so much. And he solved this case. And he was born knowing how to figure things out. That's what he did. For sure. Yeah. Brilliant. And so, of course, I also think it's so interesting upon him. He was like, he, t- he took it upon himself to be like, you know what? I figured math. I figured stuff out. Let me just get this guy in jail, too. <laughs> like, look, I'm good with figuring shit out. I'm yeah. bored. I have some free time. I know. He was 54 years old. At 54, and if I had created all of that insane, amazing stuff to add to the world, I would have been like, I'm going to the beach. <laughs> I know. I'm relaxing. Going to Malta or wherever I know. they went vacation. Well, my grandpa is brilliant and was part of the think tank in DC during the war. Um, And so, so, so smart, but he still is tinkering to this day. He still is um, fixing watches and building watches from scratch and he can repair and create a clarinet from scratch and he's working on cars. I mean, and he's 93. What? Yeah. He's just a brilliant man and and his brain will not be stopped and he has to do something. Once a tinkerer, always a tinkerer. (laughs) Once a tinkerer. Once you tink, you can't go back. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Tink, tink, tink. (laughs) Once you tink, you tinked. Um, Yeah. So I was just so interested in this crazy guy. And then I guess it is he does have a bit of a psychopath in him for him to turn in every single person he worked with. (laughs) That's so rude. That's what's so interesting is that it's not just like this innocent like ploy to get money it was yes. it turned quite dark yeah quite gross and yeah. i mean i guess his back was against the wall every single time um or he felt that way that's why he threw other people under the bus but he just had that insane desire also if but if you learn he was so young when he started all of this he learned counterfeiting when he was at his first job as a kid because mm-hmm. they worked as kids <laughs> So it is something of like, that's just like what he did. And mm-hmm. he came from a poor town. So I think that whole mentality was like, you just have to survive. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then he, they said he got like a huge homes, multiple huge homes because of all this counterfeit money. Mm-hmm. And all I want is a huge home. So, <laughs> so I, get it. I get it. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And I remember as a kid, I was like, why don't we just counterfeit? <laughs> like as a child, because I am a scam artist deep in my heart. I remember thinking like, can't you just make your own money? Why do you have to wait to get it? Yeah, <laughs> that always cut it out. <laughs> boggled my mind about like debt and shit. I was like, why doesn't the government just print more money? I don't understand. Yeah. I hey, still kind of don't understand if I'm being honest. Yeah, print it. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> just, it's just print paper. it. <laughs> I know. Well, apparently there is like there's sometimes an excess ex- excess of just 
and printer that's bad paper for money. The economy, yeah. Or it just sits around waiting to be printed. I don't know that much about it or anything about it. Um, but in the movie Hurricane Heist, which I did watch that was terrible, Never there heard was extra money and they had to do things with it. So I'm like, just give it around. Just throw it out of a building and let people grab it. I think these days it's really hard. It's super, super difficult to counterfeit, right? I think so. Yes. I think it's imposter. Yeah. It has some kind of... Yeah, there is... Well, that's what's so crazy is that they created like all of these... It was Coinbase, but they they really found every single thing you needed to. Like they would keep making it harder to counterfeit. And at this time, they'd be like, great, you need ridges? We'll create... Oh, then they would adapt. ...a thing to make ridges. Yeah. And just figured it out. So that was kind of fascinating. I think he also... I couldn't really understand it. And listener, you can definitely call in. He did something with like the ink. Like he somehow... There was somewhere where he was able to take the ink off of the paper of real money and then use it. Like it was very, I was like, this, this guy's also kind of a genius. Like maybe, maybe Sir Isaac Newton was like, I get your style, man. You're going to jail, but you're pretty That's smart. Interesting. They should make a movie out of this. Like such an interesting, like counterpoint, like one guy is like super smart. Two brilliant like, men. Poor, and, yeah. They said he could fit into a tiny little jar no. when he was first born. How yes. premature was he? Hold on. <laughs> a tea cup? survive. That's the real miracle. Yeah. I love and Isaac Newton. Wait, let me read what oh my I God. said. Hugh Grant needs to play him in the BBC movie. I know. Okay, it says. Can I just say it's so cool that like as humans we can grow up from like teacup to like big Hugh Grant. <laughs> you know, that's yes. really cool. Okay, it says he was born prematurely. Newton was a small child. His mother Hannah Eilis Cough reportedly said that he could have fit inside a quart mug. <laughs> I don't know what a quart I don't know either. Something British. Oh, a quart mug is like a tin, like drinking, like beer stein thing. Uh, so Yeah. So not... I'm a, sure. Not a small teacup. Not tea a teacup Yorkie. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> he wasn't... Yeah, he wasn't a little piglet. Oh, oh. I love him so... Like, he turns me on. I just like... I, as far as you can do it, that's the thing. Men with incredible brains are the hottest thing to me. And then if they are also attractive, it's just like, you got it. You got it. I love it. Need a smart guy. Uh, he's so great. Yeah. So he lived an incredible life. Like he did so much. That's and awesome. And he like solved this counterfeit. Good I'm in a story. going to write erotica about Isaac Newton. I well, I told you guys I wanted to be a physicist. I went to college to double major in physics and theater. And they what? were like, you can't. Yeah, they said, you can't, no one's ever done it before. And I was like, well, I will. And then I realized no one's ever done it because the theater labs and the physics labs were on the same day. <laughs> and I was like, well, that makes sense. I'm choosing acting because it's a more stable oh career. Caitlin, you have to write like the Legally Blonde version of yes, that. Uh, I yes. Love, love physics. I have a, there's a story online about my love for physics. I didn't the story know color. this though. That's hilarious. Oh, I'm obsessed. I fell in love with physics in 10th grade senior year or the year before and I was so I am still crazy about it I I, I it's cannot so hard it's, it's so, so brilliant. Hard. I can't get over that there is a force pushing us off from the earth and then an equal gravity is the equal exact force that's keeping us down that is blowing my mind if the force <laughs> if if they were off by a cent like a decimal of whatever we would be kind of floating right now but the forces fit perfectly together it is brilliant isaac newton's like isaac, coming out of his grave I to meet want you, you. Yeah. i am ready for isaac i am turned on I, I can't i can't even get over it i, I love gravity i love centrifugal force <laughs> Uh, so yes, sure. I am a physics nerd. Wait, and 
Where can Real people read this. about your love of physics? I need oh. to read the story. Yeah, I well, I was in a story collider, which is a storytelling show, um, and it was my love of physics, and it's on YouTube. If you just Google Caitlin Brownick, it's something. It's such a great story. Maybe we'll physics. put it in the show notes. That would be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Story Collider is a great storytelling show. I'll give a plug. That is science and storytelling. So they would take scientists that have really great stories, or storytellers that have stories about science, and they put them together. Uh-huh. And it's run by my friend Ben and Aaron. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I got to geek out about my love for physics. So yes, thank you for letting me and humoring me fantasize about really, Isaac Newton just taking me into his gravity chamber. <laughs> I really never knew gravity. that about you, though. What Can I ask what your astrological sign is? A Virgo? Oh, I don't know. I'm huh, incredibly kind of messy sense, right? and chaotic and have to be medicated, so I don't know. <laughs> I thought Virgos were like supposed to be very precise and kind of anal. They are. And they're supposed to be like, I am really anal about, I want to bleach everything in my home. Like if I could, I would just, if bleach didn't affect me or harm me in any way, I would just like live amongst bleach. Like yeah. I would just be pouring it down the hallway just to like make sure it kills no, every single No, I see germ. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I am a sloppy bitch. <laughs> like things are just messy in my house. Oh, what's your rising sign? I don't know. See, I don't know that. That confuses me. I think me. there's like a, a website somewhere where you can calculate I think so. it. I'm sure I'm it's like, very I also don't remember when I was born and the location. Like, you know, it's very specific. No, you, um, but you don't remember. When I, no. <laughs> you know, I don't. Like, all the time Wait, I had, I can't remember my birth. Your place of birth? <laughs> no, I mean, all the time I don't remember the experience of birth, but my mom has it somewhere. But I think, yeah, I think I you just her, need your time of birth and location. Yeah, I don't know the time. I know it was early in the morning, and I know it was in Glen Echo, Maryland. The th- so the reason I asked is because I'm a Gemini, which is like two, you have two polar opposites of your right. personality, and that to physics and theater oh, just sound like yeah. very Gemini to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, the one thing that I've noticed from the scientists I've met is that there is a lot of, with physics, there's a lot of explaining yourself. It's Mm. not chemistry where you see everything in paper. It's sort of chemistry is very mathematical Mm. and biology is very like evidence-based. Like look at these cells, you know, everything is sort of shown. Physics, it's a lot of ideas and theories and you Mm. can't really talk about like, you can talk about the ideas and understanding an atom splitting, let's say, but you're not going to be showing it. <laughs> you're not going to let it happen. So there's more like show. There is. And you, and I think to be a really, I've heard this from my friends who are physicists, like to be successful, you do have to be, have this showmanship and really explain yourself mm. and be able to um, like argue your theories or argue the, these, what you believe and also question it. It is much more like active. And I think that's also when I fell in love with my, physics teacher she's a brilliant woman I know believe me I I love everyone but she is this like brilliant woman and she just put it in this way that made so much sense and I was like I, that's it I took my physics partner to prom because neither of us had dates um he didn't kiss me or was slightly interested in me but I was like you know what it's a good story that's hilarious <laughs> I like physics I like you Yossi that's his name is Yossi he was so nice I'm surprised you didn't name your son Isaac. Isaac. Wow. Next one. Well, I didn't realize how turned on I was by Isaac. Like, I didn't realize how Isaac is, like, making oh, me this, feel. Until this counterfeit. Yes. Yeah. Until this, like, thank God for this counterfeiter <laughs> to then show me. Really, it was all about this long game for me to, like, find my lover. Isaac I love Newton. that you probably, like, read Wikipedia before you have sex. <laughs> 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 oh. He is so smart, you guys. 
Because yeah, I sure. feel like one, okay, then I'll stop. But I feel like one scientist, like usually hear about scientists and they kind of figure out one or two things. You're like, yeah. oh, this guy's famous for this. Isaac Newton did all that shit and then solved a crime. <laughs> like really he cool. did it all. Uh, somebody write that fan fiction. You should. Okay, you should. I, guess I, I did write a book. I'll write it. I'll write it. All right, guys. That's my love for Isaac. Ed. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Thank you. Gigi, where can people find you and read all your amazing, fascinating stories? You're smart. You're smart. Um, you can go to my website, gigilee.com, J-I-J-I-L-E-E.com. Awesome. Thank amazing. You. And Google her because she's everywhere. Yeah. Google that beach. Thank you. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So everyone, my Valentine this year is not my husband um, or anybody I love in my family. It is Sir Isaac Newton. (laughs) I am so in love with this man. He is a... I wouldn't say modern day because he's definitely dead, but he is a superhero in real form. I wouldn't call it modern day because it's nothing to do with modern day, but he is like a real actualized superhero to me. And I, if I was alive during that time, he would have all of my babies. I mean, I would just be like, just so excited to just follow him around. (laughs) I wonder what Alan would do. Like, would Alan fight him? Alan would do it too. Alan loves physics. We bonded over our love for physics. You he would have would a threesome so with Isaac he would Newton. Defi- that would be the one threesome. I'm not, I don't think I'd be comfortable in any other threesome but Isaac Newton and Alan. The two smartest men I've ever would be in my life. And I'd be like, look, you guys are so brainy. It feels safe. There you <laughs> go. Like, you know, there's like a lot of brains and smarts there. There you go. You know what? Yeah. Maybe science can invent that to bring Isaac yeah. Newton back just to have a threesome with you and Alan. 
That's all I need. I mean, look, everybody else is going to go kill Hitler for me. So I need to like get on top of that Isaac Newton and Literally. then like live this life. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, have all of his brilliant babies. Mm-hmm. Lewis would have so many fun siblings. He, uh, he would. He I wonder would. if they froze his sperm or anything. No, they oh didn't know how to God. do that. Then. They didn't know. But if they did, maybe that's what I'll do. I'll go back into a time machine, have quick sex with him, uh, freeze his sperm, and then bring him back, inseminate myself, also while having sex with Alan so that Alan doesn't feel bad. So it's like a double thing. Like, yeah. who, who knows? Whose kid is it? And then when he comes out looking exactly like hot Isaac Newton and can fit into like a tiny he little- He just has that wig. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. just has that wig naturally when he pops out of my V. Um, then I'll be like, whoops, I don't know. Whose is it? <laughs> I love you. <laughs> quick sex with him it's all you need she doesn't need that much time in the time I machine just like i just need quick. to suck his like a succubus i need to suck his like brilliance and brain and from sperm. him yeah mm-hmm. and sperm and then live my best life So I'm excited for your scam. So my scam today, I is, okay, I am bringing this to you with a question as to whether or not it is a scam or it's a dual scam or what. Um, I'm intrigued. Yes. I want to talk about 90 Day Fiance. Okay. I've never seen it. Okay. Perfect. Um, And I want to talk about the K-1 Visa Project process so i think the k-1 visa process is a fiance visa and the show 90 day fiance is when you get the k-1 fiance visa you have 90 days to get married or leave the country that's the whole premise that makes sense of the name yeah okay yeah so like a lot of people the k-1 visa not just for the show this is for the government right? exactly it's a fiance visa um and you have to apply for it and you have to show proof that you've been together and you've been together You've seen each other in the last two years and you have to pay $2,500 and you have to show the government proof in that you have money in your bank account at the poverty line, which I think is very low standards. But What's like that, yeah, show that you can support yourself and the person coming over and the poverty line is $15,000. I was like, can we like, Great. that's not safe. Um, Thanks, America. Yeah. But that's basically the whole conceit and then but like i started watching it because i was like i think everybody's like oh mail order brides these are scammers scamming men but as i started watching it and watched it more i was like no it's completely they're scamming each other it's completely misogynist Mm -hmm. that we think that they're mail order brides because these women come over here um not women and men too from other countries and they can't work like they can't do anything they're trapped like all day in their house like they can't work with the visa the visa doesn't let them No, they can't work until they get their green cards which is takes two years so they can't do anything so it's kind of like yes maybe they're scamming the guys for their like american citizenship or whatever but the guys are also scamming them to come over and have someone who cooks for them and cleans for them and like does their whole house and stuff like that so that's kind of the gist of it it's a great show filled with many colorful characters (laughs) i've heard i've seen that one image of this one big huge woman and her new african husband yeah and she like 
is I saw I think I saw it on Casey Wilson's Instagram. He like has a suitcase and like hits her in the head with it as she's sleeping. <laughs> like he's just these people are just like tumbling over each other all the time. It just seems like the most ridiculous uh, many ridiculous couples. That would be Michael and Angela. So Michael okay. is, is Nigerian and Angela's from Arkansas. Right. <laughs> Angela Isn't she like a hundred years old? Yeah, you know, she has bad skin. She's in her sixties. <laughs> okay. Um she's a smoker. And she mm-hmm. likes the sun. Um, okay. And she went to Nigeria to meet him and his fo- whole family. And there's a scene where he's ha- she's having dinner with him and his family. And his mom has cooked snails. And she tries it to be polite. And then she makes him kiss her so she can spit it in his mouth. Because <gasps> she thinks it's disgusting. Oh, my God. But the scam part is, like, I can never tell if these people are real. Like, it's never... Like, Michael, I think there's some part of Michael that loves Angela, even though he, like, desperately Mm -hmm. wants to come to the U.S. And it's never overt, like, we're in our fourth or fifth season, and it's never, never overt that someone is just, I mean, we're talking about, if we're talking about Danielle and Muhammad, that's the only time it's been overt that somebody wanted to come over just for a green card, didn't Mm -hmm. want it, like, that's when it's super clear. But all these other times, it seems like love is there, and I just don't know. You know what I mean? So, yeah. How many couples per season? Um, I think like six couples per season. So we're in a season. Okay, and then there's and there's five seasons. Like five-ish. And then they do five-ish seasons. Each episode is two hours long. Wow, two hours? <laughs> yeah, so long. This and then they'll TV. do like a happily ever after. Oh. It, yeah. So like, for example, okay, this woman... This guy, David, from last season met this woman. So he got divorced. He had some health problems. He went to Thailand and he met this woman named Annie. And they got married there and he had to pay a dowry for her to her family Mm. to be able to come back and bring her here. Meanwhile, he was borrowing from his friend all his money to even be in Thailand. Like he had no money. David had no money. And Annie thought that David was totally like a rich American. Yeah. Yeah. And so she wanted to come back and live the American dream, which is the scam. And so she came back and they ended up living um, in his friend's storage unit, like above, above a firehouse. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so like these women or like people in other countries think that Americans are like super wealthy and are like, doing all the stuff and they'll go to America and have a much better life. Like for ex- and then an example of another one is um Eric and Leda this current season. Leda is Indonesian. And uh, you know, she plays it off like she was Miss Indonesia. She plays it off like she's very rich there. She's a medical doctor there. She talks about her like house staff and wait help wait staff and help and all this. Like very wealthy. Comes to America. Eric lives with his like 22 year old daughter in an apartment in Wisconsin in a two bedroom apartment. Leda's bringing her little four year old son and she gets to America and she's like, what is this? Like, it's not what they expected at all. And yeah. And they have all these high high demands and stuff. So the, so this woman who was super fancy in Indonesia, is she still with this guy? Yeah. So it's it's worth it to be in America that much? I don't know. Like her goal is to practice medicine here in the US. So I think she thinks it's worth it. But it's just 
I don't see how that can be worth it. So our producer, Caitlin, has just told us, reminded us that she was in a green card marriage. And yes, my first marriage. Yes, your first. Okay, so you're on to your second. Yes, I'm on my second one. This one's much more successful. Um, And there's less, much less exchange of uh, goods and services. Great. Okay, so tell us about it. Okay, I just want to clarify. Nothing I did was illegal because he never got his green card. Oh, so, what happened. so for anyone out there who feels like they want to come after me, you can't. I checked. Great. Great. So um, the listeners have been hearing about Caitlin in the background during all of our podcasts. I'm so excited she's on the mic. She's here. And just to clarify, they're both named Caitlin. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're both Caitlin. I'm with a Y. And she uh, yes. Yep. Um, just real, just real quick, because I don't want to hijack your. No, no, please, please. We love you guys are Go hilarious and amazing, and I don't want to. Um, essentially, I was working at an Irish bar, and there was a Irish man working there who basically looked like Chris Hemsworth and was absolutely gorgeous. Oh, well, was stupid gorgeous. Nice. What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what are you, you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Um, and his visa, his, he had a J one visa, which is where you can work in the country for a year, but then you have to go back mm-hmm. um, unless extraneous circumstances like maybe you get married which mm-hmm. a, a lot of Irishmen do they come over and they um, I would say that they fall in love with American women I don't think that it's a total scam but yeah. maybe sometimes that happens um, and essentially we had a very very casual loose relationship uh-huh. um, and he looked at me with his Chris Hemsworth eyes and his deep Irish uh, voice and was like hey how about we just get married and see where this goes so oh that I can God. stay because otherwise I have to go home and I was like sure of course. <laughs> Wait, like he's you're beautiful, gorgeous, and marriage is not important to me. I want to say I'm a very like non-conventional person. So but I how like, long? Yeah, sure, whatever. How long had you been together when he said that? Oh, three months. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all my fault. For Anything sure. with those crimson earth eyes is like such a romantic I mean, gesture. Very gorgeous. If oh, only yeah. they made like eye implants so that we could all like <laughs> have eyes like that. <laughs> controlling I mean, eyeballs yeah. ladies it wasn't just about his eyes okay, oh, okay. <laughs> the whole thing he was six foot four he was very handsome anyway, I'm in he love. was a rugby player it was a whole thing oh, that's amazing I was scammed by good looks for sure of course yeah. or you were benefiting I mean, yeah um, we moved in together we did like a very we Quick. did the relationship thing mm-hmm. um, it would like we definitely weren't like I'm in love with you I want to spend the rest of my life with you but it wasn't you know whatever um, turns out he was an alcoholic and was really mm. bad with money mm-hmm. even though he was very nice and it just didn't work out I mean that happens yeah. to all of us to be honest yeah, yeah. I know a couple of alcoholics that are bad with money in, in this house. room <laughs> yeah. yeah but um, what I learned was because uh, we ended up going to a lawyer for him to apply for his green card and the lawyer was like an Irish immigration lawyer who had a fucking like booklet of like this is how you pretend to be married oh. so that you can get your green card and then she was like do you live together and I was like yeah and she was like, are you romantic? And we were like, yeah. And she was like, oh, that's so easy. She was Because wow. she said most she of the time, the time they don't live together. They don't know anything about each other. And I guess like in the interview to get qualified for your green card, you can. Um, they'll ask questions like what color is his toothbrush? Oh. Kind of stuff that you should know if you're in a relationship with someone. And we had answers to all those questions because we were technically by very loose by what I think the law would consider Mm -hmm. a relationship, Mm -hmm. but maybe not a human. Um, So she was like, oh, that's so easy. But she had like backup plans. And I'm not going to name her. She was wonderful. And I'm not going to name her. No, she's clearly good at her job, but the job doesn't feel. Yeah. But it happens. If it doesn't sit well. I think New York is the place for that to happen. Really? For sure. So. Mm -hmm. So. That's my. 
Wait, did you? So it didn't work out. He didn't get his green card. You? No, we never even applied. One of the things he was also bad at was turning in paperwork. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, because so, he's drunk and hungover. So, um, and then my now husband actually paid for my divorce. So oh, there are good men out there. <laughs> that is a keeper. I know. I, I know. love him. Okay, so, so you were. This is fascinating because sure. this is the 90 Day Fiance thing. This so you perfect. did yeah. get married. Mm-hmm. At the you, courthouse. Yes. The plan was to do the green card thing. Yeah. And, um, and then and how see long, where it goes, whatever yes. that means. Right. And then <laughs> and, how long were you guys together? Yes. Oh, God. We were together, okay, before the marriage, like three months. After the marriage, I don't know, maybe one and a half. Oh, and then you uh, met your current husband. No, 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 no. I didn't meet him until two years later. But it ta- divorce takes a very long time. Oh. Really, divorce takes a long time. Yeah, and breaking up and getting back together with someone and not knowing what you're doing—you know, relationships. Yeah, well, being right. uncertain, being young, and living in New York and having your life and working in a bar and drinking every night takes a long time. Right? It does. No, okay, so yeah. you, but because yeah, I also with a relationship like that, it's like you could also just be married to somebody but not see them move on with your life. You know, if you guys mm-hmm, aren't mm-hmm. together technically, but you're still mm-hmm. wed. Mm-hmm. See, your story about the interview process reminds me of Ashley and Jay on 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Jay is Jamaican. He's 20 years old. Ashley is American, blonde, beautiful, thirty early 30s. She went to Jamaica and they showed his interview process at the consulate. She had made him like a four inch thick binder all about their relationship to take into the interview process with him so that he could pass this interview and he passed and then he came to America and he cheated on her. And we don't know if they're still together because oh. I can't tell but by their Instagram. Mm. So I, so hard. I do have to say it probably creates. I think there's maybe a lot of women from other countries who come over and are afraid that um, if they don't do exactly what their American husband says, that they might get in trouble and be deported because it is technically illegal to have a sham marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it can be like. I. I it can be held over someone's head, particularly of course. So. Well, the argument in 90 Day Fiance that people's, the Americans, friends and families always say to the people is like, oh, this woman is just using you for a green card. They're just using you for a green card. But the, I feel like that's such a shitty patriarchal notion because the woman gets over here and then like has a shitty life and is basically yeah. trapped there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And doesn't necessarily. the legality is held over her as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you have to sponsor the person for the visa. And then when you sponsor them, you're financially responsible for them for 10 years. 10 years. Wow. So even if you divorced, are you still responsible for them for 10 years? I think so. If they get their green card. Right? Wow. I I mean, I didn't get that far. You didn't get that far. I was not because I wasn't sponsoring. Okay. Because he was oh. already here when we got married. So it's a so little bit different. How mm. long does it take to get a divorce? 18 months. Wow. Yeah. Well, we were legally separated very early. I made sure to clear that. Like uh, maybe three months after being married, I was like, this is bad. I have to get legally separated. Really? Because he's going to like, which means that like his debt is no longer my debt. Mm. Oh, I, I see. I, once I realized what was going on. Up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was fine. But then at 18 months to two years after that was when the divorce was finalized. Oh my God. Oh my God. And that costs a ton of money with lawyers, right? Yeah. It was like five grand. Oh, not that bad. But for someone who doesn't have a lot of money, it sucks. Yeah. And if you, if you're at the poverty line at 1500. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. And so now did that, how did you feel when all this was happening? Was it just, were you swept up in it? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I would, I would totally be if some gorgeous man. 
who I kind of like. Six four maybe this could go somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also fell in love. Thank God I was already dating my now husband, but I fell in love with every fucking improv student I was ever in a class <laughs> with because they would do a funny thing, and I'm like, oh my god, he's a genius. I love him. I'm in love with him. Like yeah. I, I fall in love with people so easily. Like yeah. not, you know, physically in love, but just, just I have love for people so quickly that I would have been completely involved in that. Again, yeah. I could have easily gotten scammed by this. If for sure, yeah. And did he offer you like money or was it just to his hot bod? No. I mean, that's the part that's very illegal. Yeah. Okay. Is if someone pays you to marry them, that's the part where you can get it's like a federal crime. Whoa. Um, Makes sense. For us, it was just like a fun thing to do. And then I also was like, oh, well, maybe I can become a citizen of the EU and then I can be. Right. It's like a happy benefit. Yeah. And we could maybe who knows where this relationship's going to go. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if there was an exchange of money, that's like. That's a big deal, which is the question I think in 90 Day Fiance is like, is do they there get an paid to be on that show? They do get paid, but once the people are in America, they can't pay them. The producers can't pay them because they're not allowed to work technically because they don't have a work visa. So only the American gets paid. And the idea is that the American shares that money with the person, but they don't have to. Like the guys don't have to. There's no and, evidence. Yeah. And they really hold it over. Like, hold it over their head like Colt and Larissa in Las Vegas in this season he will be like well I brought you over I did everything I gave you a place to live and all this stuff and so the woman feels trapped like she can't do anything you know I don't know Ugh. it's fucked up I wonder how how fast can you get out of those marriages once you come over here or are you sent right away you don't get your green card for two years so you have to stay mm. with the person for two years has anybody on this show been like, you know what, never mind. I don't even need a green card. I miss my family. I'm going back to Indonesia or whatever. No, they always tough it out. Really? Yes. Because I am the kind of person that if it if shit goes south, I'm going back home. It's amazing. <laughs> In the back of my head, I'm always like, you know, my mom's there. I'll come go to my mom. It's amazing to me, but they don't – I would have – I would give up so quickly. They don't ever give up. They just like keep beating a dead horse, all these relationships. It's crazy. So I don't know. Do we think it's a scam? I don't know because there's because I feel like it has to be a case by case basis, right? It has to be a person by person, like the girl that you just said that had the guy cheat on her as soon as he got over here, you know, like men cheat on women also all the time. So it's like, is he just a cheater or is he somebody that used her? I feel like everything is so complicated. Mm -hmm. And also sometimes like with Colt and Larissa, Larissa is this beautiful Brazilian, Brazilian woman and Colt is kind of like a schlubby computer programmer so it's kind of like on the surface this seems very scammy like Mm -hmm. but it seems like there's love i don't know seems like there's love i mean there you there for years there were arranged marriages that were incredibly popular and the idea was that you spend a lot of time with somebody that has similar things to you you know things similar like um lifestyle or beliefs Yeah. yeah and that eventually as human beings spend time together, you do find a love for each other. Yeah. It might not be that like passion, like grabbing first romantic love, but a lot of people I know it has worked for them. Yeah. I don't know personally. I've seen from movies and interviews and TV. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I think it works sometimes. But then also there's this like, I don't know how you, what the word is for it, but there's this weird nationalism. So with the Indonesian girl and the Wisconsin guy, 
the guy's kids are like, why don't you just go to Indonesia and have like a good life there? And the and the yeah. Wisconsin guy is like, well, I'm not leaving America. Like America's the best Ew. place. And there's another couple like that where the girl's in Russia and it's a kid in Maryland. And he he's like, I have to bring the baby back to America and take it away from her, his mother. So he, so the baby can have a better life. It's like, how do you know that that mm-hmm. just because they're in America, that's going to be a better life? I hate that. Right. And as you've heard on this podcast, we don't care that much about America, but <laughs> I don't care. I would like to be taken to any other country. Honestly. Yeah. If you had a great life in Indonesia. Take me. Of course. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be warm and beautiful. Yeah, if you have the money, if you can support me, if you have people to cook me meals, I'll take it. For sure. That's a thing, too. I mean, yeah. I have, um, I don't know. There's so many. Also, that's, what's so complicated is that there's so many different, like, lifestyles in each country. Like, you could be incredibly rich in a country, incredibly poor in a country. Like, your experience in that country, your, I don't know, religious affiliation, your government affiliation. Like, everything is so varied that for somebody to just be blanket, like, nope, America's the best. Yeah, I've always We're not. I've th- <laughs> I've thought since the day I graduated college, I'm like this American dream is a fucking scam. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> you work hard, you go to college and then you're rich or like you live in America no. and you're like it just doesn't it doesn't work that way. Yeah, my um we just discovered the other day that my husband and I decided that we don't care. We don't like put tons of value on making a ton of money. Like we've just been artists and we're doing that. And then we're looking for an apartment and we're like, wait, we don't put a ton of value on making money. This is like <laughs> not have going money. very well. We don't have any money. But it's also there's so there's that moment of like, yeah, we're doing it. Like we're not succumb to the American dream, but it's like, but we are also almost homeless. But <laughs> so it would be great to have the American dream. <laughs> it would be great to have some kind of money. It's so complicated. I know. Really you just have to be like a cabillionaire with like a great therapist to be successful. I, I, I feel like even millionaires are miserable. Listen, yeah. Listen, money doesn't buy happiness, but it helps a lot. I think. It helps. It buys great food and great shoes. Yes. Yes. So that's 90 Day Fiance. Wow. So, okay. So is it, so obviously it's providing entertainment. So the TV show itself is not a scam. No. Um, it is so interesting because these I don't know I could if I'm with I could get scammed well the TV show is kind of a scam because I'm deep into the internet culture of this TV show and they post pictures online of like things that are reshot and staged um, and they call it frauded so it's like a little the TV show is kind of a scam but most TV shows are you know yeah, all TV shows. Well, a lot of reality shows they do. I didn't realize it, but there's a lot where they just like reshoot and they're like, we need this moment again. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you do? I, I mean, the Kardashians are the best at it. They're so you good. You can tell. Yeah. They redo every single moment. It's tight. Their, their <laughs> editing is tight. I love it. I know. I just want to be a fly on that wall and just be like, what is it really like? Because they're so, they, they are perfecting like that image. Yeah. Such a strong perfection. And then you hear things like through the ether, like some article that will be like, well, they actually hate each other. Or, These people are in a fight or this or that. And it's like, I heard that everybody wants to know. I heard that Ellen hates dancing, if you can believe. Oh, I heard I've that. heard a lot about her. Yeah. yeah. She hates <laughs> dancing. It's a scam. <laughs> So yeah, TV is a scam. Marriages are a scam. I know. know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I just, I also think it's a scam that it takes forever to get divorced. Yeah. It takes two seconds to get married. That's crazy. You should be able to call that shit off. I know. Did you, 
sorry, I'm asking Caitlin more. So did you have to, you did it with the courthouses where you got married. Mm -hmm. Both times. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Good for you. I think marriage, I think weddings are a scam, but that's my own <laughs> no, they <laughs> are. personal opinion. They are. They are. I got scammed and I loved every moment. Same. Of well, then that's Same. all that matters. <laughs> Enjoy that juicy, juiciness. Thank you so much for listening. We had such a fun time today. We sure did. Um, now, you can always send us your scams. If you have a scam that happened to your grandmother, if there was a scam that happened in your school growing up, like your town scams, we want to hear about if it. If you've been the scammer. Yes. Or, and if you've been scammed, like we do not mind. So you can email us at scamwildpodcast at gmail.com. And just tell us like if you want us to read it and if you don't want us to read your name, that's Fine. Fine with us. We Fine. just want to hear these scams. Give, the, give us the scam. <laughs> and you can follow us at ScamWild Podcast on Twitter. And you can follow me, Caitlin Brodnick, at C A I T Y Brodnick on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me, Sue Smith, at Sue Smith on Instagram and at Sue Smith 666 on Twitter. Nice. I worship the devil. She does. And we'll see you next week. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.